Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm Stacey Bellward, your host. Our main aim for this podcast is to guide you towards God's grace and truth for you so that you can pass God's grace and truth on to your children. Thanks for being with us today. Today's podcast is for you if you have 10 plus parenting books on your shelf, or if you have binge watched Super Nanny. It's for you if you've tried so many things and you feel like nothing works. You're back to your old patterns. We are going to talk about change and why it's so messy, particularly in families. And then we will give you tools to navigate that change that you want to make. Well, before we get started, I'd like to read you a message that I received. I think it will encourage you. This mom says, I wanted to drop you a quick line and let you know how much I appreciated the podcast on connection before correction. Just the other night, I came into my kid's room at bedtime to find them playing rather than lying quietly in their beds, waiting for me to read to them. I know shocker, shocker of shockers. (laughs) Well, so I came in tired and with disappointed energy. And I left them in no doubt that they had not met my expectations. And then one of my sons explained that he felt I was holding myself to a different standard than them. He said he always gets consequences when he loses self-control, but I never get consequences when I am unkind and fuss at them like I had just done. Well, at first I thought this was just another sinner being defensive and pointing the finger at someone. I mean, slamming doors is not the same thing as calmly telling people that they have not obeyed. But after listening to the podcast, I realized what he was really saying was you didn't connect with us before you corrected us. We need to know that we're safe and loved before we receive your correction, mom. Thanks so much for the podcast. Well, I so appreciated her sending that message in and what a great reminder of the importance to connect before we correct. Well, if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and have a listen. You can unpack that message deeper. Well, today I want to welcome back to the mic, Chad Hange, who is on the leadership team here at Connected Families. He really does so much, including leading the the newish, it's over a year old (laughs) program that trains coaches in the Connected Families framework. But he's also a licensed marriage and family therapist and a coach. Chad and I wrote the online course called The Power of Questions Together. Welcome to the mic, Chad. Hey, thanks, Stacey. So glad to be here with you. Yeah, we we have fun when we get these chances to come on and and talk about things. Well, Chad, this episode is about change and specifically about why it is so hard in the context of families. And I know that we hear often parents saying something like, I tried that and it just didn't work. So (laughs) you coach families, you coach parents actually. So when parents say that, what comes to your mind? Yeah, I think I've actually uttered those words myself. So, (laughs) uh, so I do have a little bit of uh, maybe uh, empathy and uh, a little bit of finger pointing at myself when I hear it. What I oftentimes hear when someone says, I tried that and it just didn't work is an exasperation of sorts. Like uh, I want things to change so much. And I tried this thing and I tried to maybe in essence manipulate the behavior of my kids and it didn't work so well. They didn't do what I wanted them to do. One of my favorite quotes from a parent that we coached said, I came to Connected Families looking for a quick fix. 
And what I found was a lasting fix, right? And this is a quick fix kind of question, right? What do I do? I need to get my kids to behave better. I need to get them to stop doing this thing, right? And it's like, just tell me the answer. And so that's kind of what I hear behind I tried it and it didn't work is like, I want my life to be easier. My child's an inconvenience sometimes to me. And so I'm trying to not get them to be an inconvenience to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I also hear a parent who is really working to find new tools and and they really want things to change. So underneath all of that is this heart of wanting things to be different than they are now. And I do want to acknowledge that, right? Yeah. That when parents come to connected families, they're, they're oftentimes They've tried a lot of things mm-hmm. right? and those things haven't worked like to change the behavior. And so yeah. when they start to hear, maybe let's talk a little bit about going a little deeper, like what's going on with me and, and uh, asking some different questions than the, what should I do question, which is the first one most parents ask, but there are a few other questions that I think come before what should I do? Yeah. Uh, and when parents are open to that, it's like, oh, you can take a breath. You can almost feel the relief in parents like, oh, this is going to be for the the lasting fix, not the quick one. Oh, and we're going to get to the lasting fix and what we teach around that here at Connected Families. But would you agree that really there's just a messy period, a messy season, no matter what changes that a family, a parent is trying to make? Yeah. Change is hard. Yeah. Right. Change is hard. If it were easy, uh, we'd be making all the changes that we wanted to make really quickly. And it's also messy. So yeah. and I don't say yeah. hard, like, um, well, it's so hard. We should never want to do it, but it, it, it is messy. It, it can be difficult patterns that we've established and developed over long, yes. you know, many years are really hard to shape and change. And I, I oftentimes refer to it as the well-trodden path. Like we just have this well-trodden path. We, we just go down it every single time. Time and many times it leads to places we don't really want to end up, mm-hmm. but we don't really know what else to do or how else to maybe start stomping down a new path, right? Yeah. That new path that will lead to better outcomes or different places that will be more satisfying for us. And that's the process of change. And what we're saying is that our listeners are here because they're just probably a little disappointed that they've tried to start going down that new path and everything blew up. And so they retreated as fast as they could. And what we are here to say is that, yeah, it is messy. It gets messy, but there's something good on the other end. And so before we kind of dive into that path of what change looks like, I want to back up because you're a marriage and family therapist and you know about family systems. So we want to kind of unpack the big picture around why does it get so messy when we try to change things? So can you just explain, I mean, what is family systems and how can we understand it on a practical level? Yeah. A couple of things about family systems. I think family systems, much like most systems are oriented towards a desire for predictability and familiarity. We want things that are predictable and familiar, and it's not really a, a sense about whether it's healthy or unhealthy or functional or dysfunctional. It's just mostly around predictability and familiarity. So as a parent, let's say that you start going into this place of, you know, I'm just going to 
I'm going to work on getting myself calmed down before I run into a situation, right? The system is, is maybe very familiar with a situation happening, a child not cleaning the room or speaking negatively to their, to their sibling or name calling or something like that. The system is used to knock it off or get in here right now. I told you to get this room clean. You're not going to have you know friends over or whatever it might be. That, yeah. that kind of intensity sort of thing. And so that's that, that might not be whatever Everybody's like, yeah, we love that. Okay. But it's predictable. It's familiar. And then a parent says, I'm going to start to calm myself down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that becomes very unpredictable, very unfamiliar for the, the people around you. And it's almost it's interesting. It's almost like the goal of the system is to get you back to the way that you were. Hmm. Right, to keep the system from changing. So when, when parents have a desire in their heart to make good changes, they're even making the kinds of changes that we'd like to see them make. Uh-huh. The family system's kind of coming against that, right? And oftentimes they kind of rev it up a little bit, like things get worse before they get better. Using the a, a couple different images here, a raft, maybe, or uh, I don't know if you've been in a canoe with somebody uh, and and they stand up, right? Uh-huh. I mean, the, the whole thing just starts to rock and you're yeah. like, whoa, 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 sit, sit down. Why? Uh-huh. Because you're really shaking the, the stability of this raft or of this canoe. Or yeah. you think about a baby mobile above a, above a, above a crib and you, if you pull on one of those little strings, the whole thing shakes and it takes yeah. a while to finally get itself calm down again. And Uh uh, I think those are some images around change that if you start to make changes in families, the system starts to get disrupted. Mm -hmm. So it's a big canoe to fit that whole family in and everyone (laughs) has to balance to keep, keep from capsizing, from going over. And if one changes their behavior, then everyone else needs to adjust a little bit, adjust their balance. And so I, I like that image a lot. That that really makes sense. And I love what you said about how the, then the whole family works off of predictability and familiarity. Is that what you yes. said? Okay. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I think another way to talk about the predictability is in terms of a family's core values. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so it's sometimes those things are really well known and we talk about them and, you know, we say things like we're a family who sets high goals and we are successful. You know, you, they talk about that and it, we understand that. But a lot of times those core values could be unspoken and they are more like unwritten rules. Yes. So I don't know, Chad, did you have unwritten rules in your family? Sometimes unwritten rules are really hard to identify because well, they seem self-evident to everybody. Like, like all the family rules, as I started to think through, what are my family's unwritten rules? At first, I couldn't think of any. It's like, they're obvious. There aren't unwritten rules. But then you start to get underneath that a little bit. And especially as we grow through our teen years, and then I remember going to college and thinking, what? That's weird. Their family does What? Yeah. You know, and, and and be like, well, that's odd. Our community, our family would never do that sort of thing. And so maybe a couple just as examples for me uh, would be about, you know, uh, unwritten rules uh, around what women are like, what men are like, what society is like, what's expected of us. In church, we've got another level of unwritten rules, right, about how we operate, what we do. What you, and you mm-hmm. don't really know they're there until somebody steps across the boundary. And mm-hmm. then you go, whoa, right? So in my family, 
family culture, women would do the domestic chores. They would wash clothes, cook, clean. Men would do outside work. They would be mowing and raking, maybe gardening, you know, vegetable gardens. And then imagine to my great surprise, when I saw my future father-in-law washing clothes and ironing, I just could not believe it. It's like, what is he doing? To my knowledge, nobody ever sat down in our family and said, all right, so women, what do you want to do? Men, what do you want to do? And let's negotiate this and navigate this. It's just how we did things. Another unwritten rule. I mean, nobody would have said this to me, but uh, really don't make the family look bad, right? Keep Mm -hmm. up a shiny image. How things look on the outside is more significant and important than the reality of what's really happening on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so how you look matters a lot, right? And uh, again, my goal then in that system is to not bring shame to the family. Don't make us look bad. There's so many unwritten rules, aren't there? I I think of families that are the sports family or the instrument family, or even how a family deals with conflict, you know, is peace the highest value? So we're just not going to deal with, you know, certain, you know, deep conflict, safety versus risk. You know, are we going to go out and do the scary thing or or not? Is, Is safety more important? And to unpack these unwritten rules is to discover what boat is my family in? Am I in a canoe, right? Those, I feel like those unwritten rules are the actual canoe. And we're in it and we're not talking about it. And then when somebody does something to disrupt that, then we start to go, whoa, 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 what, what is happening here? And then again, the natural inclination is to try to get the canoe to stop moving like that. Like, that's really weird. That's really unsafe. It's really scary for me. So get kind of get back in line Uh, rather than even looking at some other canoes or some other modes of river transportation, right? That's interesting. There are motorboats and there are rafts and there are sailboats and, you know. Yeah, but why is it so important for us to grab onto that canoe? Why, you know, which is our unwritten rules or our core values? Yeah, I think it goes right back to predictability, safety, control, right? If I can get the rules lined up in a way that we're all just familiar with, then it's a safe place. I can kind of control that. When people from other places try to kind of come in and and introduce some some new rules to the family, that's really unsafe, right? And just think about getting married and then having kids. I mean, you're just introducing completely, oftentimes completely different rules, regardless of whether that's where the toothpaste goes and putting the cap back on the, you know, the toothpaste afterwards. I kind of feel like the reason that we hold on so tight to these core values that we were raised with is because really those core values tell us how we can measure up in life. It's you will be successful if you don't risk or if you risk or if you play the piano or if you, you know, are a great basketball player or if you just don't cause conflict in this family, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these different things, those rules are telling me this is how I can measure up in life. And that's what we want as humans, right? Okay. So how do the unwritten rules or these core values show up in parenting and we don't even realize it? Yeah. For me, it showed up in a place of me being right all the time. Like Mm. you shouldn't challenge dad, right? That would be an unwritten rule. You just don't challenge 
dad. And in my family, oftentimes you could be frustrated, but you could never be angry, right? Because if you were angry, that was really uncomfortable for other people. And so you kind of had to code word your way into that of frustrated. So then I have, you know, my kids that are challenging me and probably some pretty typical kid behavior challenges. And I'm taking offense to that. It's like, you don't talk to me like that. That is not okay. Right. So, you know, maybe even in, in phrases like no child of mine is going to act this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, oh, <laughs> I would just yeah. encourage parents. Don't ever say that. Right. <laughs> I just feel like, I feel like that's like saying, God, I, I'll go anywhere except for here. Right. <laughs> it's like, you can just buy your plane ticket. Cause, cause that might be the one place that the Lord is going to send you. But yeah, <laughs> just, just that sense of if I have obedient kids, then I'm a good parent. Right. Another kind Ooh, of Chad, that was mine. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, that definitely was I, one I, of I wonder mine. if we shared so possibly because <laughs> that's such a big deal. I get my value from yeah. my kids' obedience and yeah. uh, I, you need to make me look good. Maybe that's an unwritten rule mm. from a parent to a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that we can overestimate how these core values, these unwritten rules affect our parenting. And I actually think that it's a lifelong journey to unpack them and really start to understand what is motivating me in Mm. how I am showing up right now. And I think that one really important first step is for us to recognize when we have big emotions, like to me, big emotions over something is like, Mm -hmm. is like, you know, that is the sign that there is something under the surface here that I need to figure out. I have some strong belief that is causing me to be pretty upset with whatever's going on right now. And so that's an indicator that I need to walk away and do whatever I need to do. If it's journaling or walking or going and running a marathon to to figure Mm -hmm. out what's going on there, because second Corinthians 10, five, right? Take all second Corinthians 10, five. What's the verse Chad? I think you have it open in your Bible. Yeah. We take every thought captive and we place it under the obedience of Christ. What I'm thinking right now, what I'm believing right now, is it, is it true? And I think there's maybe three categories of that is, is it, is it, is it a God thought? Like, is that a God honoring mm. kind of God place thought? Is it an enemy sort of thought? Like, is this a Satan plant of thought? And mm-hmm. I think there's a kind of a, in, in there, in the middle of that is, is it a me thought, right? Yeah. Is this just how I would, maybe the systematic thought like, well, this is just how I always think. I haven't really put any lens or, or a magnifying glass on that. It's just how life is, right? But taking those thoughts captive and placing them under the obedience of Christ, is this true? Mm-hmm. Is a really good starting point question. Because like Romans 12 too, we do not want to be conformed to the patterns of this world or maybe even the patterns of our families that have worked for generations, but we need to think, "Mm, is this what the word of God teaches me is right and is true. And we want to be transformed as God's children by renewing our mind. And so, yeah, so there's some work to do there. Okay. We need to go to a break, Chad, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I know you have a good story from a dad who was working on calming down and the mess that happened as he yes. was as he was doing that. And so um after the break, I'll have you tell the story. Sounds good. 
We are excited to announce that over the last weeks and months, the team here at Connected Families has been creating and reimagining our Connected Families website, a website that's not only mobile first and user-friendly, but also packed with practical resources to equip you to lead your family with grace. Looking for answers to your toughest parenting struggles? We encourage you to head over to connectedfamilies.org and check it out. Spread the word so many more families can experience life-giving content. Okay, Chad, well, we're here after the break and we did some really good work by unpacking what those unwritten rules are, having just getting a sense of core values that really influence how we parent each day and explained how important that work is to really unpack that onion in our life and understand ourselves in a deeper way. Well, I know you coached a dad who was doing some of that work and he wanted to show up different, Mm -hmm. but things got messy. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So dad is coming to coaching, he and mom and kind of recognizing they're pretty much a yelling family that uh, kind of the kids have basically tuned them out. Uh, they just yell, yell, yell. And uh, he's, he's thinking through this lens of you're safe with me. And I get to work with lots of parents through that lens of you're safe with me, emotionally, physically, spiritually safe. So as we do in the first session of coaching, we're starting to look a little bit more at what's going on inside the parents and then looking at some different strategies to uh, first just look at their own heart, but then how they might express that differently. And so this dad comes back and, and he ra- relays the story of uh, driving down the road uh, in a vehicle and the kids in the back were doing their very predictable thing of arguing and crossing, you know, you're crossing the line and yelling at each other and insulting each other. And he said, this is where I would normally, my, my right hand would go up on the back seat of the passenger's seat and, <laughs> and I would kind of turn halfway and I would just yell at them, you know, knock it off. If you don't knock it off right away, I'm going to pull this vehicle over and, you know, just that sort of intensity, right? And I can feel that. That mm-hmm. feels like I something sure that I could do in my own stress and anxiety and frustration. And uh, instead, he just turns and he puts his hand on the back of the, the passenger seat and he says, um, kids, what's going on back there? Is there, is there anything I can do to help you resolve your conflict? Right. And which was totally foreign to him, totally new for the family. Uh, and, he, and then the kids kept at it and he, he didn't raise his voice. He just said something again. And, and he was very calm about it. And his daughter yells from the back seat, Dad, just yell at us. Just yell at us. Stop being so nice. <laughs> I just thought, oh, that's classic, right? Get back. Yeah. In system is being disrupted and we don't know what to do with this right now. So come on, what are you doing? So she wanted predictability. She wanted him to sit down in the canoe and do what had (laughs) happened every other time. But Chad, why? That seems strange. Why would a child want their parents to yell at them. Yeah. You know, it is, it is that draw back to an understanding of almost like a contract that we have. This is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. It is predictable. Okay. And there's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of connection there. Sometimes kids are really looking for connection. And if they don't get it through big, intense responses Mm -hmm. from parents, then they're not sure where they're going to get it from. 
right? Which is why we come at Connected Families into that idea of connection mm-hmm. and the message you love no matter what. How do we give healthy and strong connection outside of misbehavior and then in misbehavior actually focus on connecting well before correcting? So it's almost like this fear-based response of, come on, come on, dad, what's going on here? How am I going to connect with you if I don't connect with you like this? Okay. Ooh. That's, does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. So that dad was ruining the predictability of life. Yes. And the children did not then know how to respond to that. They didn't know how to react. And so if we were to take that into other situations in life, then kids can even start acting up even more yeah. because they're so desiring that connection. They're used to it coming through anger or loudness or yelling. And if I don't mm-hmm. get it in that moment, I might not get it. Yeah. You'll actually see, and this is why I tell parents in oftentimes the end of session one in coaching is that mm-hmm. you shouldn't be surprised if things get a little bit worse before they get better, right? That you're going to start doing some of these things. Even if you do them one or two or three times out of 10, you respond calmly. It's going to start disrupting some things. And so that child might become more intense or those kids might become more intense and poking and poking and poking and poking until finally you go knock it off. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you can feel it and see it in their face where they might take a breath oh, and be like, oh, normal again. we thought we lost them, right? Yeah. Wow. yeah. That was close, right? And but nope, they're back. Okay. Yeah. And so when we can start moving towards a more predictable outcome in terms of uh, how we respond in healthier ways, in, uh, in ways that allow for connection uh, through different means than yelling, mm-hmm. intense anger around misbehavior, then we start to create a new predictable and a new familiar. But that takes time. That's not yeah. an overnight kind of thing or just a quick tip to give a parent to how to get that to work. That takes time and it takes some effort from the parent to, to engage a little differently. So what you've just described is the messy. And that's probably the point where parents will say, I tried it and it doesn't work. Yes. I tried tried being calm and it didn't work. I've heard that many times. Yeah. Right. And so when you said, don't be surprised if things get worse before they get better. I think probably that's not what parents want to hear, Chad. (laughs) Yeah. It's not what you want to hear until you recognize that uh, in essence, I want to be in control of my responses, right? I sometimes think that as parents, we let our kids dictate our responses. They misbehave and we go right to to big and loud and angry or controlling. And that in essence is saying, child, you're in control of my emotions here. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't be out of control right now if you weren't doing what you are supposed to do. So I can point you to dozens, hundreds, I'm sure through Connected Families and the online course, thousands of parents who have thought the very same thing where we've just been like, that's a pretty messy stuff. That's going to mm-hmm. take a while. Who, as they keep moving in that direction, I find that actually that's a really good place to be. And I tell parents regularly, I am coaching you for three to six months from now. Okay. The kids you have today are likely the exact same kids you're going to have tomorrow. Okay. There's nothing that you're going to do. That's going to be snap your fingers and get your kids to change. But if you can do things differently for three to six months, Mm -hmm. Hey, there's a lot of hope of things starting to shift and change because the system needs to adapt. They need to change. They need to go, okay, it looks like my parent is doing this and I've done all I can to get it back to familiar and predictable and it's not coming back. Right. So now I'm going to need to adjust. 
and, uh, and focus in. And we've got lots of tools and lots of things at Connected Families that help kind of move parents in that direction. And we've seen many, many times then where kids just kind of follow in behind that as parents lead their kids into a new place. It's good. You're talking about delayed progress. <laughs> and that is just so hard for parents because it actually feels kind of counterintuitive mm-hmm. because we know that big controlling power or the yelling, it really does get immediate action. It gets the behavior that we want in the moment. Yeah. Oftentimes it does. What I discovered a couple of things with my own kids and I have three daughters. Uh, one is a dad. I was recognizing that I was teaching my kids to respond to an angry man and a controlling angry man. And uh, that started to break my heart to be mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I just want my kids to be just repulsed by that. Right? I just want them to go, yuck, that's awful. I, I don't want anything to do with that. And yet I was treating them in a way that I could get them to do what I wanted them to do, but it, it cost me relationally to do it. Yeah. And so even the working of that, there was a pretty significant price to pay around that. So I think that that, that, that was a, a big deal for me. Uh, to recognize that. And the other thing I just noticed practically is that my kids were not shrinking. They were continuing to grow and uh, that my big intensity (laughs) getting, you know, dominating them or standing over them or, you know, that ultimately at some point that wasn't going to work anymore. I was not going to pick them up and move them, or I wasn't going to drag them, or I wasn't going to, you know, at some point something needed to change here. And, and I didn't want to be doing that when they were teenagers. And so that shift was important to me at the time. You know, my kids were probably just 10, seven, mm-hmm. three, somewhere in that range. So, and so when you did that, Chad, what was the messy? What did it look like? I, I mean, I know it was a while ago, and but can you think even practically, like, did they disobey more as you were, you know, trying to figure out how to hold them accountable without being big and angry? Yeah, I, I don't know that they disobeyed more. I think there's a point in time and I kind of give parents a heads up about this too, is that you're going to feel like you're losing control. Mm-hmm. Like, like your kids are going to look at you and go, Hey, in my case, dad's gone soft. Yeah. right. <laughs> dad, dad is just like, he's become really nice and he doesn't even yell at me anymore. Okay. And that was really this messy place to be. It's like, man, I know what I, I don't want to do. I'm not quite sure what I should be doing. And in between that space was messy, yeah. uncomfortable. And until I, don't know how I to recognize... get my child to take out the garbage without yelling, because yeah. that's been our pattern. So I'm going to stop yelling, but now how do I get the garbage taken out? I can just hear some parent saying yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I look at, you know, uh, the power of questions for parents, the one that we wrote and recorded talks about that kind of a scenario where we define really what the expectations are clearly. Okay. And we engage in that situation. We try to get buy-in from our kids. We want buy-in, not get it. We want to have our kids Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, does this day work better? Does this time work better? Yeah. As much as we can get as we're working on this together. And uh, when clear is kind and clarity is, is your best friend when holding somebody accountable, then I can recognize there's a consequence coming down the road here. And that consequence is about learning and growing. And I'm going to hold them accountable in a firm and kind way. And yeah, what I, what I could have never believed back in the day is that my authority did not come from my loudness, my bigness, my intimidation, 
None of that. My authority mm-hmm. actually came from my kindness and my understanding of where we were headed mm-hmm. uh, and my vision for how we might get there. That's really good, Chad. I, I want to just take a couple of minutes now as we close the show and give parents just some some tips, some help on just how to navigate the messy before it gets better, this, you know, the delayed progress that we want, how do we get through the time? You know, we have a bunch of them, we'll just say a couple right here in the end. But I have to say the very first one, go to Jesus, go to your heavenly father, we can't do this in our own strength. There is just no way you can break all these core values and the unwritten rules that we have lived with our whole lives. We can't break those without his power in us to help us to think different and show up different. And so mm-hmm. call on him for his strength. Absolutely. And I always like to give kids a heads up if I'm making a yeah. change. I think it's really important. I don't like surprising kids. It's like, hey, I don't like how I have been treating you. I don't like how I have been responding. I don't like how I have been doing things. I'm going to work to make a change in me. Right. And it might feel weird and awkward. And I might be doing some things differently. There might be times where I would have yelled, but now I'm not. And that's what I'm working on. And so just so you know, right. Giving kids a heads up to change is helpful. I love Uh, that. Then they know. Right. So I think that's, that's a big, a big part of it. And uh, also recognizing I'm just modeling for my kids. Right. What do I want to model for my kids? And uh, having that kind of be a, a driving piece. I think uh, that's well. huge because even that one is like, I want a picture of where I'm going. The yeah. picture of where I'm going if I do nothing is so ugly to me <laughs> that doing yes. nothing is not an option. Mm-hmm. You know, and getting to that place is is also really hard, but so healthy because man, I, you know, we're moving, we're moving out because, because we want change. And yeah. So I love that making sure we have a picture. I think another one, Chad is celebrating the small successes. And mm-hmm. at one point in the podcast, you mentioned, you know, getting it right three times out of 10. Hey, yeah. if you get it right, well, the first time celebrate the second time, celebrate the third time. And I'm guessing it's not one, two, three, I'm guessing it's yeah, one, yeah. five and eight, you know, you know? Yes. so in between, but no matter what success looks like, even if it's a fraction of, of, of success of, of your end goal, yeah. celebrate it out loud with your kids because they know, hey, you already warned them. We're trying to change. Mm-hmm. So now they see, hey, we are moving. We are moving yes. forward. Yeah. And I think that with that comes modeling humility, Yeah, right? apologizing when I don't get it right, own my stuff, don't blame somebody else justify, rationalize my behavior, just, Hey, this is what I'd hoped to do. This is what I did. And I'm sorry. I, could I give that another shot? Right. We talk a lot about do-overs at uh, at connected families. I think ultimately the thing that I love most about connected families, about coaching, about the things that, that I get to do here is, is that if we can look at it through the lens of impacting trajectory of generations, like we are changing the trajectory of the generations to come. If Amen. I can, if I can model this for my kids, if I can do this by that with the help of Jesus Christ and the humility that comes through messing up sometimes and owning that, we are setting ourselves up on a path that is different than the ones that maybe we were set up on, and uh, that is powerful. It's the work of Christ in us yes. and in our families. Chad, will you close us in prayer and pray for every listener and their family that has heard this podcast today? God, we're just grateful 
that you are with us, that you you join us. You are Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. Uh, you have not left us. You have not abandoned us. You came into our culture, into our world, and uh, with its systems and, and all the rules and regulations, and you showed us how to live. Uh, the things that are important to you, the things that are important to your kingdom. So you showed us how to live. And God, we just pray for each parent that's listening, that you would walk right next to them, that they would sense your presence as they even start to dig into these things. Like, why do I do this? What's going on with me? And uh, that you would give insight and vision, that you would be able to tear down the the, uh, unwritten rules and the expectations that just keep kind of a weight on our families and our kids of looking good and acting right and and all the things, Lord, whatever they might be, and that your grace would just permeate through each family, through each parent that hears this podcast, uh, that they would be able to receive your grace and your truth, and that it would be generationally altering, Lord, for your glory, for your purposes, and uh, for your kingdom. And we pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Chad. Thanks for joining me at the mic today. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Hey, friends, if you found this podcast useful, I want to be sure you know that my conversation with Chad will continue. Every Monday over on Clubhouse on the app, we have live conversations where you can just listen in or you can raise your hand and ask a question. We would love you to join us over there. We put links in the show notes to Clubhouse and the verses that we mentioned, but please check out our new website. Go to connectedfamilies.org. I'll see you next time. Thank you.